Adrian Diaz in a statement said, quote, what happened to Tyree Nichols should not have happened, and I grieve his loss, adding that he's committed to having the processes in place to ensure what happened to Mr. Nichols never occurs in our city. Our life is a perfect, but we stay on the road. Friday afternoon, ahead of the video's release, leaders in the black community echoing a call for peace in the face of violence. And my sorrow goes out for their mothers, because if they have mothers who's still alive, those officers their mothers are sad today, okay? Because no mother raised their children to be brutal to other children. I know, that's right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And they're going to highlight it, too. Chief Diaz also pointing to new Washington state laws, which he says are intended to prevent situations like this from happening. Specifically, the duty to intervene law, which requires an officer to do something if they witness another officer using what they believe to be excessive force. In Seattle, Sebastian Robertson, King 5 News. In the 67 minutes of video released today by the city of Memphis, you see the moment that Tyree Nichols was pulled over to the moment that he was taken away in an ambulance. Jessica Jenner Castro takes us through the timeline of events. King Five decided to show you this video. That's a shame. Criminal investigation into the officers. They show quick to um release that video, huh, y'all? To see what happened. We have wow. four videos together to tell the timeline of events. It may be difficult to see. Please watch with care. Tyree Nichols was pulled over on January seventh. The body camera says it's right before eight twenty-five at night. Officers claim he was driving recklessly. And then the confrontation begins. For a couple of minutes, wow. the officers and Nichols struggle. He was repeatedly told to get on the ground. You guys are really doing a lot right now. Bro, lay down. I'm Wait. just trying to go home. Man, if you don't lay down. Well, I am on the ground. What the hell are you doing? And then Jesus. the officers pepper spray Nichols. Jesus. As the continues, Nichols is able to get to his feet. And as he runs away, officers shoot him with a taser several times. Nichols took off down the street. Officers were close behind but couldn't catch him. Back where the traffic stop happened, the body camera video shows officers dousing their faces in water, apparently from the pepper spray used. Less than 10 minutes later, you can see officers find Nichols in a neighborhood. This is video from a city camera on a utility pole. You can see him on the ground with one officer over him. A third officer walks up and kicks Nichols Ooh. twice while he's on the ground. That was unnecessary. Then a fourth officer comes up with a baton and hits him repeatedly. Jesus. The struggle continues with the officers. He's hit several times Jesus. in the face and body as he's being held up by two officers. At times, he can be heard calling out for his mom. Jesus. It finally ends, and five minutes after it started, Nichols is propped up sitting next to the cruiser. As we watched for the next four minutes, the officers are standing close to him, sitting him up a couple of times when he falls over, but apparently not giving medical aid, instead talking about the events of the night. Jesus. This is why I got I said, I couldn't see no more. Boy, you said that. We went to there. At 8.41, we see a paramedic walk up and start attending to him. 
and after 20 minutes, the ambulance finally leaves the scene. Nichols died three days later in the hospital. Jesus! That's that's this, ridiculous. This thing is a smartwatch that big tech. That is ridiculous. I, I just don't even understand the urgency because the young man did not have a weapon. He asks, What you pulling me over for? They say reckless driving. Okay, so let's pull the car over. Why why are you reckless? What's going on? Do you have an emergency at home? Can we take you home or whatever? I mean, why is the hate, it's like the policemen's, it's just ridiculous. And then what really breaks my heart is our people. And now look at highlighting it. Now, I'm sorry. I know I have a diverse of audience. And I'm sorry. Check out these events. Okay, so now they're going to release the video. They're telling people, go and protest. But do it quietly, okay? Well, the thing with this is, first of all, the protests came about from the other police brutality and violence is because they wasn't charged. There was relief from their duty on administrative pay, all right, until they investigate. There was not releasing no footage. You didn't receive no footage of another nationality of a white person that had shot a individual a beat uh a individual you didn't see no footage until what six months later seven months later just just happened and y'all ready to release the the footage okay that's that's number two number three they didn't got fired and arrested okay so the other other incidents when the white then shot or beat or kill we still protesting for Brianna Taylor we, the protest only came because nothing was done. Okay, really, why y'all protesting? They already indicted the officers. You got their pictures up there. They've been fired. Okay, so why y'all protesting? It's what it's a waste of energy. Okay, they already then did it. But I'm looking at how swiftly they move on this situation because it was a black person. They got their pictures all lined up. You know. So it's still the way they handle certain situations is still horrific and it's a shame. In this society, we just got to get our mind right. I'm just trying to understand. I'm just trying to understand. And the child ran because he was afraid for his life. When a man calling for his mama, oh my God. That's heart feeling. I mean, why somebody just didn't say, look, y'all, calm down. Calm down. He's afraid. Why the policemen can't never, when they see if it's a sudden, you know, and I know they're like, oh, well, we feel for our life. We don't know what they have in the car. Well, if you automatically and the person open up the door to find out what's going on, you just jack them out the car. I see they do that a lot, too. They just want to jack you out of your property. That's your, I'm not getting, they're going to have to pull me through the window, too, because if I know I didn't do anything and I pull over trying to abide by what the red light's behind me saying, okay, guess what? And I'd have been approached by a lot of policemen. Now, one was a racial smoke, wait, I think in 2000 and, 
maybe several years ago, and I'm not going to go into all that right now. But in some instances, yeah, you know, and then you just be quiet, you know. But in other instances, it's like, wait a minute now, come on. What's going on? I'm going to crack my window. What's going on? Because you're going to have to violate me to the extent if you can't explain to me why you pulled me over. And I'm not opening up my door, and I'm not rolling down my window all the way. No, and especially if I'm at night. That's why, as a single person by yourself, oh no, I'm gonna make sure. And I don't operate in fear, but I operate in wisdom, and we have to do that. But my heart really goes out to this young man's family. I mean, he haven't even started his life. Twenty nine years old. He's still a baby. He's still a baby. A man really don't come to the fullness till about forty. 45. I know it's late, but yeah. You know, and you catch a young man that's young, that's really doing this thing, you're supposed to commend them. Right? But I think that's ridiculous. Five of y'all. Five of y'all. Y'all beat that child. Why you had to kick him? You already have him in handcuffs. He's already on the ground. What can he do? He had no weapons? Did he have weapons on him? No. The man, he, the, the, the young man already said, I'm just trying to get home. Jesus, beat that boy like that. That's that's my that's my reflection on that today, you guys. I know y'all haven't heard from me in a week. I've really been doing some stuff, and I need to get back over here too, cause the time gets away. No matter how I'm striving to schedule my. Um, do my schedule, y'all. But this time be flying. It is flying. I be flying. It is flying. But I think that just so heartbreaking, man. Lord have mercy. That's heartbreaking. This is Prophet Lovey. Um, this is a anointed man of God that really have explained. And uh, I'm very excited. Explain the spiritual side of a lot of church cliches of people, people that speak on different scenarios within the Bible that's not really clear. Okay, and I know he's not the only one that can identify and bring a more concise understanding of the word and a different uh, magnitudes of what's going on. What I'm saying is because I'm taking time out to read certain parts in the Bible and understanding that, hey, the Bible, it is written, is written by man, but at that time when they have scribed those words or sayings that they're hearing the king decrees and declaring certain statutes for the kingdom, right? The man and woman of God have their scribes to document what's going on at that time. Every decade has a uh, different era. Like right now, we are in the digital age. This age right here, this is it. This is like the catapult of everything that's connected, that should be connected, will be connected. 
we had all different phases, and this is the phase right now that if we don't tap into this phase, my gosh, you definitely, you're talking about Amish, uh, being, living in the woods, it's best that you go ahead and live in the woods if you don't tap into this digital age and the AIs and all the new things that are being introduced now to prepare you for that, okay? So in the spirit world, we have really... I've seen that really some 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 Christians I'm gonna say Christians because you have to if you're a believer you're gonna tap into it right but some Christians really lose their common sense and just take stuff way to the far left or the far right and just like what are you talking about that's not what that means so that's why it's important you guys that you have a personal relationship yeah. You need to have a personal relationship with God because if you don't, you're going to tap into something that's going to be really like, wait a minute, what's going on here? So I just want to share and um, Prophet Lovey, uh, he's going to be sharing some areas and how hell is the Lord showed him some stuff in hell. Now, I I didn't see people that God then let them visit hell. And trust me, it is not a pretty sight. Sometimes you don't want to remember it. Uh, it really changed your whole perspective of things, right? And so with that said, uh, I'm not putting this on the airways. And let me make sure so the algorithm can pick it up. I do not own this video. This video is used for a distribution of the building of the kingdom of God and to share awareness and and knowledge. In his name, you can go on YouTube. It's on YouTube, My Vision of Hell by Prophet Lovey Elias. Okay, so I'm giving credit to this young man, but I also know a lot of individuals have access to the Boom Factor Radio in other countries that do not have access to the YouTube. Okay, or don't have access to a television to watch the YouTube, but they can hear it, okay? So that's why I share different things on my broadcast because I know people, um, this broadcast is being heard all over the world. It's global. And so I want to give other people opportunity to have an understanding because at the end of the day, you guys, I had a chance to pray for a lady yesterday and I kind of felt good and I said, yes, Lord, this is the mission here. It's something in me that stirred me up when I was able to pray for that lady. But first, she, 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 when I was helping her out the car, and she had a walker, and she said, you were so kind to me. And she said, Father, bless this young lady in Jesus' name. I said, oh, thank you. I said, now, can I pray for you? She said, would you? So I prayed for her that her body be healed because I was dropping her off at the medical center and she had tools in her nose and her little thing in her I knew how that felt because I had that one time and I had to catch the bus you know so I was able to pray for her and after that I felt so good releasing the anointing of God in her body yes that I know her life would never be the same because I had an opportunity to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover that's the mission Overall, everything that we do, our mission is to be the hands and feet of God so he can go 
and seek and save those that are lost. And she wasn't lost. She had faith, baby. She was talking about the Lord and how the tornadoes, Lord have mercy. That's a whole nother thing. I should have took pictures. Where that tornado hit back there in Deer Park, you could literally see the houses split in half. I'm like, what in the world happened? I said, oh, man, the tornadoes. I'm like, dang, the tornadoes hit like that over here. Jesus. But anyway, all right, so I'm going to, this is like three hours long, so I'm going to spread it. And this happened two years ago, but it's still fresh. So I'm going to spread it up in parts. Okay, but just take heed and have some understanding and and preferably that it will broaden your spiritual mind to like, oh, okay, because they had some stuff in here that I say, Lord, I'm going to have to listen again. I literally say, I got to listen to this again. This is serious. All right. Okay. My experience and especially... These are going to be in a book um, that I call Spiritual Lessons from Spiritual Encounters. As, uh, lessons from Spiritual Encounters. Um, and I'm going to share some things with you, and I know that they will really push you to where God wants you to be, and you'll have a deeper understanding. Let's talk about better help. If you ever feel anxious, depressed, stressed, Overwhelmed by the world being very much on fire, BetterHelp can step in with their fleet of licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Two years ago, when the lockdown started, I think that a lot of us started feeling like I could really use some help. I did actually... Please. ...of uh, God... Oh, commercials! And, That's the only thing I don't like. ...and spiritual realities. You really come to a deeper understanding of God and spiritual realities. You see, there are things that uh, you can read about. There are things that people can talk about. But there is a difference in experiencing things. As children of God, we were not called to just hear the word of God, but we were called to experience God and the truths that come with knowing God. So I'm going to share this. I usually, have, I don't think I've ever spoken about this in detail. This will be the first time. And I felt it in my heart to talk about this today. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> why did you do Crouching Tiger? Just go around. You, you'll spill it. You don't want to spill it. Just come around and sit on this side and just put it here. And, uh, and I believe by the Spirit of God, you can move the computer on this side so you can sit on this side. And I believe that, uh, thank you so much. And I believe that uh, God is going to do something tremendous because it's going to change Amen. Uh, your life. I'm going to tell you the things that I saw, uh, the experiences that I had. And uh, by this, it will bring you closer. It will draw you closer to God. Now, I personally don't believe that hearing about hell is for the world the world will never get born again because there is a hell the world will become born again because they know there is a god that loves them and Amen. paid a big price for them that is why the bible says the goodness of god brings men to repentance 
if you just talk about the the dangers and the and the and the torment of hell without explaining the love of God that was given to us to redeem us from the pit, uh, then we are failed in understanding of what salvation is. Heaven was made for people that love God. It was not made for people who are afraid of fire, people who don't want to be tormented. I'm going to say that one more time. Hell was created for those who love God, not for those who are afraid of punishment. There's a lot of people who do good things, but not because they want to be good. They do them to avoid some kind of punishment. Mm. That is called deception. The Bible says God cannot be deceived. So if you're going to be good just because you don't want to go to the fire, but you don't really love God or you're not trying to know God, then heaven is not really for you. Mm -hmm. I, I wish somebody could understand that and really comprehend this. So what I'm going to speak about is not for you to be motivated to tell people, you're going to burn in hell. Uh, 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 that's not why it is like, that's not the purpose of it. The purpose of it is to educate you so that you're knowledgeable, so that you're passionate about serving people, helping people to come to the greater knowledge of Jesus. That is the purpose of it. So I'm going to be sharing some scriptures first and then I will explain uh, uh, I will explain uh, broadly and specifically uh, what I saw, what my experience was. I want you to share this as many times as you can. I want you to hit the thumbs up whether you're on, uh, you're on YouTube or you're on Facebook. Hit the thumbs up as many times as you can, as many times as you can, and and once you have shared and hit the thumbs up, say you're ready, and then I'll come on and I'll continue. So I'm waiting for you to say that you're ready, you have shared, and then uh, and then we'll we'll go we'll go ahead. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Mm. Thank you, Lord. It's really getting cold there. Eh? But yeah. you are from New York. This is nothing. It's bad, though. I don't like cold. But this is not too cold for you. It is. It really is? This is like New York weather right now. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> I could see you. Me and the, the cold, we are hardcore enemies. <laughs> Right. If you have shared and you're ready, just, and I want you to hit the thumbs up. YouTube, I need those thumbs up to go up more, 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 more. And, 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 and Facebook also. So, number one, I want us to go to, to, the, uh, uh, to the book of Revelations. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to go to Revelations chapter 1. And we are going to read verse 18. Revelations chapter 1, verse 18. Revelations chapter 1, verse 18. Amen. Mm -hmm. Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. Mm -hmm. I am he that liveth mm -hmm. and was dead. Mm -hmm. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. And have the keys of hell and of death. One more time. 
passionately. passionately. I am uh -huh. he that liveth. I am he that liveth. And was dead. And was dead. And behold, mm -hmm. I am alive forevermore. Mm -hmm. Amen. Now, you have to understand something about the nether realms or the underworld, mm -hmm. if I should say. This, this thing is the smartwatch that big tech companies don't want you to know about. It does all... Uh, hell, another word for hell is Shio. Okay, Shio or Hades or Hades. Shio. Shio or Hades. Mm -hmm. But hell is such a big place and there are other realms that are in the nether realms themselves. There is hell is a location. Mm -hmm. The grave is a location. And death is a location. Mm -hmm. That's why you find the Lord Jesus saying, I have the keys of hell and death. If you keep reading, it goes on to also say there are other places that he talks about hell, death, and the grave. Mm -hmm. These are three different realms within the realm of the dead. Now, whether you like to believe it or not, hell is a real place. It is a hundred percent real. A hundred billion percent real. A hundred thousand <laughs> infinity truth. Uh -huh. It is a hundred percent real. Hell is a hundred percent real. If you believe that Jesus died, then you have to believe in hell. Because the work of Jesus on the cross was not only complete on the cross. It was complete by him descending to the lowest, lowest parts of the earth. The lowest parts of the earth for him to complete the work. The cross did not produce the keys of hell, death, and the grave. It was him descending to the lowest parts of the earth that he was able to take the keys of hell, death, and the grave. So any believer that believes that Jesus died and rose again, but you don't believe in hell, you need to check your belief. You need to check your belief. Because the work of Jesus was not complete until he went to hell. Now, some people say Jesus was tormented in hell. That's completely not true. That is absolutely not true. And I will explain to you some truths about that realm. And I will also share my experience there. Now, if you go, we don't need to read this, but if you go in the story of the rich man and Lazarus, if you go to the story of the rich man and Lazarus, you realize there is a place called paradise. Now, before the Lord Jesus came, on the earth no human being could enter heaven people could have visions of heaven people could be caught up into heaven but no one could stay in heaven 
because there was no atonement that was satisfactory. It was satisfactorily, yeah, uh, was was completely able to quench the anger and the wrath of God for men to be able to enter into heaven. Yeah. So when human beings died, it did not matter whether you believed you loved God, lived for God. You, if you lived for God, you went to a place called paradise or other scriptures call it Abraham's bosom. Mm -hmm. And if you did not please God by your life, you went to a place called Hades. You went to the place called the pit. So in reality, hell and paradise were opposite each other. Mm -hmm. Now hell is a big place. And, I will, and you will know as we keep going, you will understand that hell is a big place. But listen to this. Those who are in paradise, if they came to the side which was closer to the bottomless pit, they were able to see those who are suffering in hell. And those who are in hell, if they were close, if their pits or their torments were closer to the bottomless pit, they could see paradise from the other side. But paradise is not heaven. Now, when, 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 uh, uh, um, when the rich man saw Father Abraham, he said, Father Abraham, please send Lazarus to put his finger in the water and to come and quench my thirst. Father Abraham, first of all, said that the gap between me and you, where you are and we are, no one can jump over or cross over. Mm -hmm. The bottomless pit in itself is a mystery because it's a pit that has no end. You just keep falling. Ah, for eternity, you're just falling. It doesn't have an end. In, Mark, in, in, in the book of Genesis chapter 6, A young mother had a son, a kind-hearted boy who always tried to do what's right. As he grew older, he worried about others more than himself. Whenever he saw anyone suffering, he tried to heal and comfort them, but more people became sick. Disease ravaged the land. People were quarantined, isolated. Many didn't survive. It became too much, and he had to isolate himself. He cried as he thought about all of the unbearable things that people were going through. The mental anguish racked him with sorrow, but it was his cross to bear. Who came down and had children with human beings the Bible says that they are bound in everlasting chains in the bottomless pit meaning this angelic beings called the watchers that sinned in the book of Genesis chapter 6 they are bound in everlasting chains and they are forever falling <laughs> since Genesis chapter 6 until now they are still falling some of the most dangerous demons are bound in the bottomless feet. And when we say bound, we are saying they are tied up, but they are still falling. 
So the bottomless pit was separating paradise and hell. Paradise and hell. If you read, uh, uh, um, if you read in the book of Mark, uh, because my focus is is on on uh, on on hell, I I, I I won't do too much reading on those things. I'll go into other things because you can take your time and read this. The Bible says when Jesus died, he descended to the lowest parts of of the earth. He went into hell and preached the gospel to those who had died from the time of Noah mm -hmm. that had no knowledge of God. Okay. And those who believed from that place were, were taken out of hell, including those who are in paradise. When Jesus rose up, when Jesus died, the Bible says graves were open all over Jerusalem mm -hmm. and other parts of the world. Graves were just open. And when Jesus resurrected out of the, out of the grave, they also were taken out of the earth, and that was the first time human beings actually were permitted to remain within heaven. Wow. Before that, nobody could. Before that, people were just operating out of paradise. Yeah. Chai. If you're still tracking with me, I hope you're listening. If you're listening, just type, I am listening. I know some people would want to know this, but it's in, uh, in I believe it's Mark that speaks about this in, in, in great detail. Did you find it? Mm -hmm. look, look in Mark. Uh, I just want, I don't want anybody to say that, oh, I'm saying things that are not scriptural. No, they're in your Bible. They're in there, 100%. And that says he, he preached in the gospel in house? Yeah. Uh, it's First Peter three. Oh, First Peter. Thank you. First Peter. First Peter three. Ma uh, Mark talks about the open graves. Yeah, First Peter. Uh huh. First Peter three, uh, verse nineteen. Yes. Uh, and it reads, "By whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison." Uh huh. Notice that word prison. I want you to remember that. Everybody, I want you to remember the word prison. Remember the word prison. Keep going. Okay. Verse 20. Mm -hmm. Which some which sometime were disobedient. Which sometime they were disobedient. When once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. Ah, these are spirits from the time of Noah. Mm. They were once upon this once upon a time disobedient. They disobeyed God in the time of Noah. Keep going. While the ark was a preparing. Uh-huh. Wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. So it means God didn't want eight people to be saved. Wow. He allowed these people to, <laughs> he allowed these people by their disobedience, God allowed them to go to the pit. For Jesus to come later and to bring them out. Uh, keep going. <laughs> the like figure went unto even baptism doth also now save us. Mm -hmm. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, mm -hmm. but the answer of a good conscience toward God. Aha. Now, you, you don't need to go beyond that. So Jesus went to preach to souls from the time of Noah. So he tells you that hell is a real place and there are real people there. Hell is a real place and there are real people there.
Now, is it okay for me to continue? I hope you're tracking and you're sharing this because this will bless somebody. It will bless somebody and change somebody's life. Now, there are different locations in hell. Mm -hmm. I will tell you the location I saw. I, I can't, I know what I saw. And I've gone there more than one time. I've gone there two times, twice. I will tell you what I saw. And I will tell you the myths and the truths that people have, the, the, the myths that people have that you will learn today and know the truth about it. And also how you can eternally <laughs> avoid this place. Amen. Because to be honest with you, even your worst of enemies, you don't want them to go there. Mm -hmm. Your worst enemy, you don't want them to go there. If, if, uh, 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 if Hitler was in the world of the living, with all the evil that he did, you would not want him there. This is a terrible place. There is no torment that surpasses what is there. It's a terrible place. You ready for an adventure? You're gonna love it. Now you can enjoy Pure Flix for 99 cents for a limited time. No way. Your home. Now, uh, I will explain to you how my experience started and then we'll go more into the scriptures. Actually, to prove to you, now, another thing is that, uh, uh, go back, uh, to Revelations 1.18. I want to point out something. Okay. Mm -hmm. Revelation eight, uh, chapter 1, verse 18. Mm -hmm. I am he that liveth mm -hmm. and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. One more time. I am he that liveth mm -hmm. and was dead. Mm -hmm. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Uh-huh. Now, I want you to see something. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 9. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 9. Okay. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 9. Amen. Uh-huh. Ephesians 4, mm -hmm. verse 9. Yes. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? So we know that hell is beneath our feet. Mm. I can't tell you if it is in the core of the earth. All I know it is beneath our feet. <laughs> so when I start explaining my experience, to be honest with you, the second time I went, I wasn't even sure if I was out of the body or if I was physically in my body. Wow. Yeah, that's how serious it was. And we'll come to that. Hell is beneath your feet. Right now, as you're walking on the earth, there are people in the nether realm or the underworld that know there is a world going on above them. <laughs> and and, 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 uh, and uh, they cannot come out of where they are, they cannot warn the people who are above them. This is a complete reality. And to also prove to you that paradise is, was also down there, if you go to the book of Samuel, when Samuel had died and, uh, and Saul managed to summon his spirit, the Bible says that 
the, 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 the diviner or the woman who was practicing divination, she said, I see a man coming from the earth, <laughs> coming from beneath the earth, and the man looks like a god. And she said, you lied to me. This is Samuel coming from the earth. Now, if Samuel went to heaven, <laughs> why didn't he descend from above? But Samuel is coming from the earth. That tells you where paradise used to be. Now, when the Lord Jesus came, the location of paradise shifted. He lifted it up, and now Abraham's bosom is no longer within the spiritual dimension of the earth, but is in the heavenly realm. Mm -hmm. Actually, when you go into heaven, that's the first place you stop at. It, it looks like it's the suburbs of heaven, if I should say. Abraham's bosom. Okay, I'm going to continue now. Now, I want you to remember it is beneath. Yeah. Now, when the Lord Jesus anointed me to really begin ministry, I've had, I've, I was blessed by God to have a lot of experiences growing up and, and, and meeting the Lord based on my calling. Now, God did not visit me or give me all these opportunities because I was a great man or because I am, I am the most righteous man or because I am the most perfect man. It is just God's sovereign mercy and love. You see, when God selects somebody, he doesn't select you because you're great. If our qualifications qualified us to be chosen by God, then God is not God. Because it takes our effort to be qualified by him. But God qualifies us through his grace and through his love and through his mercy. Mm -hmm. We can all have faults. I have faults. I've made mistakes. And, but God's love cleanses us continually if we remain in it, and God is able to help us consistently and continually. When the Lord Jesus anointed me, this is in the year 2012, when God wanted me to really start to do ministry. I had a very, for 30 days, it was one of the most troubling times of my life because the realm of the spirit was completely open to me in a way that I did not know before. I always saw visions, I had uh, encounters, but this one was not, it was like the intensity of everything was unleashed on me. It was like God used to shield me, but now he allowed me to really see what I was combating with. And uh, I tell you the truth, children of God, if it is not for God, me and you cannot be here. Mm. To be honest with you, without God, we cannot fight Satan. It's a lie. <laughs> I'll say it again. Without the mercy, the grace of God, without the angels of the Lord, without the hand of God, listen, we are destroyed. That's just the honest truth. Yeah. We are 100% destroyed. A hundred billion percent destroyed. It's truly the grace and the love of God that maintains us and keeps us and protects us even when we do foolish things and we involve ourselves with foolishness and sinful things. It is really the love of God that keeps us. Now, it's here, JCPenney Beauty, in select stores and at jcp.com slash beauty. I'm a terrible
sorry, y'all. There was a wonderful woman of God that really helped me, and I, and I call her a mother in the faith, uh, and her name is Mary Catherine Baxter. Uh, God gave me a lot of favor with this woman because at that time, there was a lot I was experiencing that I could not express. It was only somebody that has seen what I have seen and known what I have known that could help, would help me to understand. The reality is this. When you experience spiritual things, it doesn't mean that your understanding will comprehend it instantly. Because some things it's only experience and time that will explain to you. God won't even explain it to you. And sometimes when you rush into spiritual realities or you want to be so spiritual so quickly, yeah, uh -huh. you might end up into utter confusion. Yeah. Some of the people that you see on the street, walking in the street, and their minds are kind of gone or whatever, some of them, it's not that actually they have a mental issue. Right. Some of them were exposed to spiritual things yep. that caused them to go into confusion. Exactly. Remember, your soul can go into complete confusion, even by seeing God. If God yes. appears to you or an angel of God appears to you and you don't have a strong heart, we see Daniel fainting, passing out, that Gabriel had to touch him to bring him back and to calm him down say, this is why angels say, don't be afraid. Yeah, that's the first they thing. They reassure you yeah. and calm you down. There is no such thing as when an angel of God comes, you will feel peace. No. Oh, that's, not a, no. that's not true. You'd be afraid. You know when people say when God appears, there's fullness of peace. Nah. nah. You will be terrified. Terrified, yeah. The terror that will hit you will be worse than of hell. Jesus. For real. You will be so scared with... You will you be so move. troubled beyond what you know. Yeah. But it is his voice and his reassurance that will make you understand that you will come down. Because of his reassurance of who he is and what he has come to do, he, he will bring you peace. But it's not like a blanket of liquid love will come over you and you will... Mm -mm, that's not true. It doesn't work like that. Now... Listen to me carefully and listen to me well. Uh, I had, I, before I met uh, Mary and God had already started speaking to me, I had a very dangerous encounter with the devil. I'm not saying with demons, with the devil. Uh, and this is where I learned how dangerous the spirit of suicide is. And it's really by God's grace that I passed that test. I cried to God when the devil appeared to me. It is really God's hand that saved me. There was nothing of me that could have saved me. I, 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 I'm not even sure I want to speak of that experience openly. I want to focus on hell. Yeah. But this was one of the experiences. All I can tell you is that when, when, he, when he showed up where I was, it was around 2 a.m., I was praying by myself in the studio. This is my old studio. I was praying by myself in this room, and all of a sudden it became cold. It became so cold, like I want to say below zero degrees kind of cold. Mm. Now, this may be controversial, but I don't want you to be controversial. I just want you to understand. I'm trying to explain it to you. 
I'm not saying go and watch this movie, but if you have seen this movie, you will understand what I'm saying. If you've ever seen Harry Potter by any chance, I think it was the prisoner from Asgaban. <laughs> and there were these weird uh, demonic creatures that were going after the train. And when they showed up, it just became so cold. Yeah. It became so cold. Listen, these people who are making these movies, they know things that a lot of you don't know. 99.99% of these things are true. Mm. When, when the devil, I'm not talking about a demon, I'm talking about the devil himself, showed up in front of me. A man walked to, when he was coming to the door, I was praying and all of a sudden it just started getting cold and I did not understand. I'm in LA, yes it gets cold, but this cold is like zero degrees cold. Like you know when you breathe, you start seeing yeah, yeah. it really, and I'm not saying spiritually, I'm saying physically. The man walked at the door. It became so cold, I felt so powerless, I cannot describe, uh, I don't know if there's words that I can, uh, uh, that, that I can explain. And, and, and the devil spoke to me, <laughs> but I won't go into that experience. One day I will teach about this part and, and I'll go into great detail about this. God, that day I cried, I literally cried unto God, and I shouted to God, Lord, help me, save me. And an angel of the Lord came, and, uh, and, uh, and Satan left, and I was saved. If God did not come to my rescue that day, I'll be in, <laughs> I'll be in prison somewhere. Because of what Satan wanted to make me do. Yeah. And I had no power to resist him unless God delivered me. This is why you have to be so careful condemning people, judging people, because you don't know what people are battling or what people are fighting. Be thankful to God that you can overcome. What you don't understand, pray for them. At Lovesack, we design furniture for life. Real life. Messy life. Life that changes and brings us together for move. Because there are forces out there that it takes God for you to survive. Mm -hmm. The next thing that happened was uh, one night I was in my room laying on my bed and I was meditating on the Lord. And I saw a creature. This is like portals of hell were opened against me to really, <laughs> I believe God allowed this to strengthen me. I believe God allowed this to strengthen me and to strengthen my heart to remove fear from me. I was in my bed and I was, and I was praying, meditating on the Lord, just in my bed. Just in my bed praying. And the TV was on. All of a sudden, I heard a growl in my room. I opened my eyes. And I, I'm sorry I'm using movie references, but I'm just trying to make you understand visually yeah. my experience before we go into the hell part. I saw a mythical creature, and I came to understand that this was not myth. This was a demonic spirit from the pit of hell. I saw him with my two eyes. Have you ever watched 300, mm -hmm. the movie 300? Yeah. 
You remember in the beginning where he kills like a wolf-like creature? Mm. Yeah. That was really big. Before 300, before I ever saw that movie, God is my witness, I saw that creature. And when I came to see that movie, I held my mouth. I said, I saw this beast before. This creature appeared in my room. It was, the, it was bigger than a man. It was really bigger, taller than a human being. The same way, the same look, looking at me angry. And when he was about to attack me physically, I'm not saying none of these things I'm telling you spiritually. I'm telling you physically. When he was about to attack me, the angel of the Lord appeared. And the light in the room caused him to be dispersed and he, and he left. Wow. God saved me again. Another one, <laughs> there are many of these things that happen. I remember calling Mary Kay Bax and I told Mary, I said, Mom, I don't know what is happening to me. I feel like I'm losing my mind because the things that I'm experiencing and that I'm seeing, I tell you, I, I was a prayer warrior <laughs> because of this experience. <laughs> I started to pray too much. I was already praying, but my prayer increased to a very, very high dimension. And all this was within the 30 days I'm telling you. The 30 days that I'm telling you. When they were right about to begin. I call Mama Bax and I talk to her. She tells me, Lovie, I have to tell you something, but you have to be strong. Because Mama Bax is a prophetess. She told me, I want you to be strong. The Lord Jesus told me that he's going to give you an experience of hell. He's permitting you to go through these things so that you can be strengthened because your ministry will encounter a lot of spiritual warfare. Jesus. A lot of spiritual warfare you will overcome. But if you avoid these experiences now, in the future it will destroy you. Mm. She said, God said he's going to take you <laughs> to hell to see it. And I said, ah, I didn't say amen to that. I actually refused and prayed against it. Mm -hmm. I actually prayed against it. And to be honest with you, and I'm sharing these experiences, it is, it is, I am relieving it. So when we start getting deeper into this, if you see me pause for a while, just understand that these are difficult things to explain. Mm -hmm. My first experience of hell was in outer darkness. Is a place that the Bible calls outer darkness. Yes. Now I'll read, I'll read a, a, a verse for you concerning outer darkness. If you're still following me, I hope you're following. <laughs> My first, my first experience of this, of hell, was in a location called outer darkness. Matthew verse 25 verse 30. Matthew 25 verse 30. Okay. Matthew 25 verse 30. Oh. Mm -hmm. Matthew 25 verse 30. Uh-huh. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. Mm -hmm. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, why am I telling you outer darkness? Because 
different locations of hell have different torments. Not everywhere in hell there is fire. But hell is bad. I want you to listen to me. Not everywhere in hell there is fire. There are places, the pits have fire. But there are other places other than the pit that don't have fire. The lack of fire itself that the scriptures speak about is not in hell. The lake of fire is somewhere in the spiritual realm in the universe somewhere. Because the earth, the hell, death, and the grave will be thrown into that place. Yeah. So if they are being thrown into that place, then you know that it is not in the, in the same place that they are. But that is another subject. But this place that I'm talking about, there is a place called outer darkness. Outer darkness, the darkness itself has a presence. It is like the darkness is alive. It is not darkness like you know on earth. Have you ever been in a dark room? You close your eyes, you cover your eyes and put your eyes, you put your hands over your eyes and it's still darker than that and the darkness can be felt. It is actually a presence. It's not a feeling. It is a presence. So this happened to me like this. I was laying on my bed, meditating on God. <laughs> All of a sudden, my bed was open and I fell. My spirit slipped out of my body and fell. I just remember seeing my son next to me. And all of a sudden, the bed was open. I don't know how to explain it. I can just tell you. I'm using words the way I can explain it to you. All of a sudden, I was sucked down. And I'm seeing the world. I'm seeing the lights from the earth dimming away while I'm entering another dimension and it's closing above me. And I remember thinking to myself, this is how it is when people die. <laughs> And go into the nether realms or the, the, the realm of the dead. I was so frightened. The angel of the Lord was not with me physically. At least I did not see him. I did not see any angel. No one was with me. I just fell. And I remember it was not like a kind of falling. I was suspended and, and, and it was like when I slipped out of my body, it was fast. But when it closed above me, I was just like in limbo. The only way I could explain it, it was like in limbo. I was descending, but I was not descending towards anything. I was just in a place so dark that it was so dark that it was so dark. The fear that you feel and all I could hear was just screamings and cryings of people. And I remember thinking to myself, this is how you can die, go to hell, and your family will never know what happened to you. Um. <laughs> 
At Lovesack, we design furniture for life, real life, messy life, life that changes and brings us together for movie night, a life where styles evolve and it's fun to try something new, life where storage is in short supply and batteries run down and get charged up again, washable, changeable, and guaranteed for life, experience sectionals at a Lovesack showroom near you. I want you to really think about that. This is why, especially for us as children of God, it's very important for us to be right with God. Those thoughts were running through my mind. My son will never know where I am because when this experience happened, it was not like, oh, God is showing me hell. I really believed that's where I was going. Can you look at Job 10.22, please? I really thought to myself, with everything in me, I said, Lord, I am dying and my son will never know where I am. My brothers will never know where I am. Everybody will cry for me but they will never know that I am, I've been taken to this place. Just that thought itself tormented me like crazy. I wish more people would share this and put hit some thumbs up, especially if you're on YouTube. YouTube, we are over 650 people. I want more thumbs up because people need to watch this and this is going to bless somebody. Somebody will be blessed by hearing this. I want you to hit the like button. I want you to share this as many times as you can. As many times as you can. Are you there? Yeah. Job 10, 19. Mm -hmm. Job 10, verse 19. I should have been as though I had not been. Mm -hmm. I should have been carried from the womb to the grave. Mm -hmm. Verse 20, mm. are not my days few? Mm -hmm. Cease then and let me alone that I may take comfort a little. Mm -hmm. Verse 21, before I go whence I shall not return, mm -hmm. even to the land of darkness and the shadow of death. Mm -hmm. Verse 22, a land of darkness as darkness itself <laughs> and of the shadow of death without any order and where the light is, is as darkness. Listen, <laughs> what I'm telling you is true, a hundred percent true. The, to me, I'm just telling you my experience. In my thoughts, the only thing I could think about is like my family will never know. And it is like God removed it from my mind to remember that I was a believer for some time. I don't know how long I was there for. I can't tell you how long it was because the sense of time didn't really make sense. But when I was pulled down <laughs> to this place, I remember just thinking, 
My dear Andrew will never know where I am. My brothers will never know where I am. No one will ever know where I am. I am lost forever. That was what was going on. That was what was going on in my heart. My thoughts. I was tormented. I was so scared. And there was no ground. I was not standing on, on the floor. I was suspended. It was like I was on a descent, but not a descent. I was just in limbo, lost forever. That's the only thing I could think about. I was really thinking to myself, and I was saying, Lord, this, this is too much. I am lost forever. My son will never know where I am. My, 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 my family will never know where I am. No one will ever know where I am. I was tormented. That thought itself scared everything out of me. If you ever see somebody dying, if you listen to hospital stories, some people on their deathbed, they scream and they shout because they are going to that place. Mm. Some people, they will kick, they are trying to react by thinking, the, by moving their body, they will pull their spirit back. Because at the point of death, somebody's reality, the reality and the dawn of understanding that there are two worlds operating at the same time. Listen to me, children of God. God just wants us to be Christians. It's very important to have a repentant heart. Mm -hmm. It is very, very important to have a repentant heart. Because living this world is just like this. And then all of a sudden, I remembered God. I don't know how to explain it to you. It was like a reminder came to me that there is a God who is hearing me. I said, Lord, please have mercy on me. Please have mercy on me. Mm -hmm. The moment I said, Lord, please have mercy on me, it was like a light beam appeared. And I was pulled out. Within seconds, I was pulled up. And when I was pulled up, I entered my body again. I got up out of my bed with tears. I was sweating physically. I didn't even, you know, I grabbed, I looked at my son, looked at him, got up, pinched myself to make sure that I'm really yeah, back. Yeah. You know, I, I was really shaken. I remember picking up my phone, calling Mama Baxter again. I wish I, wish I could get her on the phone, but it's too late right now. She lives in Florida. It should be about midnight right now. And, uh, and, and, and let me tell you, this is tough to explain. This is very, this is very hard to explain. And uh, I called Mama Baxter and I told her what just happened to me. She laughed, she said, <laughs> she said, Lovey, calm down, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And she prayed, she said, Lord, remove the terror from him. And God left me the memories, but the terror was taken away. Time. I was so disturbed. 
And it was like God allowed me to have a break for some time. But now I started walking. And in my mind, the only thing I could think about was there is actually people beneath us. There is a place with so much darkness that darkness is, is like, <laughs> it, it has so much dominion in this place. Chaos in the sense that there is no up, there is no down, there is no, it just doesn't make sense this place and all you yeah. can hear is people crying and shouting and wailing. In outer darkness, I saw no fire. If you are still here with me, I just want you to hit the thumbs up and, and just say, we are here and I hear you. I'll tell you the point of why I'm sharing this experience with you. And some other time also, I'll talk about my experience of heaven. I don't know why in my spirit, I feel like I should talk about this, but I know that it will help somebody comprehend something that you've always wanted to understand. Amen. By the grace and the mercy of God. If you see me looking down, I'm just looking at people's comments to see that people are engaging and people are understanding. And, and I will explain to you that and I will explain to you that it is very simple to go to this place even as a believer if you don't watch your steps. Once in a while, God has to remind me of these things to keep me, myself, in check and be like, mm -hmm. that place is definitely not for me. God just wants us to be Christians, <laughs> living a repentant life. My second experience was more detailed and was much longer than the first one. My second experience was longer and much more detailed to explain because in outer darkness, all I heard was voices. I remember my thoughts to myself and I remember crying to God and God bringing me out of that place. But there was nothing to see other than darkness beyond darkness and the voices that I heard Yeah, and how God saved me. The second one was much more detailed. I was in my room again praying by myself. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your mercy. I feel the presence of the Lord Jesus. And, and you can ask questions at the end. I'm seeing some people asking questions and I, and I will answer your questions. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I really feel the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Father, for creating a way out for us. Thank you, Father, for creating a way out, out for us. And, and, and showing us how much you love us by creating an escape for us. Amen. I, I am so thankful, Lord. Amen. Now, on this second one, I was praying. And while I was praying, 
the angel of the Lord appeared to me. And behind him was the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus stood behind him. The angel was in front and the Lord Jesus was behind him. Now, when I saw this mighty vision before me, I'm not saying I fell asleep. I was praying and they appeared in front of me. Mm -hmm. And the Lord Jesus spoke. This is the only time that he spoke in this experience. He told me, this is what is going to happen. When you pray for people who are tormented by devils and evil spirits. All of a sudden, I was taken by the spirit. Where I was in the realm of the spirit, I know I was not in hell. Mm -hmm. I was not in hell but I was definitely somewhere else other than where I was. I saw a man standing on my left side and the Lord Jesus standing on my right side with the angel in front of him. Until now, I don't understand why the angel was standing in front of the Lord Jesus. He was like, it was like Jesus is standing here and there's a man standing right here, like standing between me and the Lord. I don't know why. And the Lord Jesus said, this is what you will do when you pray for people that are tormented by evil spirits and devils. The Lord Jesus pointed his hand like this, his right hand. He did this with his right hand. I remember him doing this. And the man who was standing on my left side, he was like a force came out of the Lord's hand, hit that man. I thought that the force was so powerful that I, th I thought that it was going to destroy this man. It was like, I thought like it was a leg. You see how Iron Man shoots those laser beams? Yeah, yeah. This was like, almost like, I want to say, uh, I want to say Dragon Ball Z. Kamehameha, you know, yeah. that big old size of a beam. Yeah. But it was so simple. He just did this with his hand. And a blast of light and power just, when it hit that man, the man was not affected, but another man came out of that man. Mm. And that man was knocked down to his feet and fell down to the ground. But the man that the light hit was not affected and the Lord Jesus put his hand down. Immediately, the ground, it was like a portal was opened under where, where the, the, the evil demonic spirit was laying on. A portal was opened beneath them, beneath him, and he fell. He, he, he just fell into that place. Yeah. And the Lord Jesus didn't speak anymore, and the angel of the Lord is the one that spoke to me. He said, the Lord wants you to see 
what happens so that you comprehend what goes on beyond the land of the living. Jesus. He said, come with me. Mm -hmm. He grabbed me with his hand and he jumped into the same portal. But this time we were not falling because of the angel of the Lord holding my hand. Now, in my mind, I was like, oh, Lord, not again. Why am I going to that place <laughs> that I went to before? But it was a completely different place from what I saw in a place called outer darkness. Wow. Completely different. Was it dark? Very dark. But the angel of the Lord, being with the angel of the Lord, it was like, it is very strange. Uh, let me explain it this way. I could see, but it was not because there was light shining to show me what was going on. It was like because of the Lord or the angel of the Lord, it was like my eyes were empowered to see through the darkness. But this darkness was also very dark. But it did not feel like the other darkness that I spoke about. Does that make sense? Yeah. But it was still darkness like not what you know on earth. And to be honest with you, when we were descending first, it was nothingness. Then all of a sudden it changed. I began to see mountains. Please, children of God, what I'm telling you, I'm not telling you fiction. And I will prove to you in the scriptures what I am telling you. I saw what I saw and when the Lord brought me back, and when the Lord brought me back, I, I, I asked the Lord, Lord, I need to have some things that I can tell people this experience and they won't think that I'm making it up. And the Lord did give me. Yeah. <laughs> the Lord did give me 100%. And I will show it to you. There is a man, a prophet in the scriptures, that went through the same exact thing and saw what I saw. He accessed that realm via a different way than how I went there. But I was exactly in the same place where this man went. Yeah. I began to see mountains. I 100% saw mountains. And I saw the ground from above. As far as my eyes could, could see. Have you ever seen like... Um, uh, uh, okay, the best way I can explain it is the book of Eli. I'm using movie references to try and help you understand. You remember how weird the sun looked in the, in the, in the book of Eli? Yeah. yeah. If you've seen that movie. It was a Denzel Washington movie that he was a blind man. He had memorized the Bible and he was trying to preserve the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. It's actually a very prophetic movie in a strange way. But the sun, it, there was no sun. But I could see light beyond the horizon. <laughs> but it looked very fiery and orangey. Yeah. The location that I went to, this one that I'm talking about, I did not see fire. If I tell you, oh, there was fire and this, this, I'll be lying to you. I did not see fire. In my experiences of hell, the only way, the only thing that I can think about as fire was what I saw in the horizon.
the flames that I saw from our, because I was thinking about this cannot be a sunset because it looked like it was the other side, but it, you could tell light, but it was like an, or, you know, like when there is a, it was like an orange kind of like fiery, you can tell this is fire, but yeah. you can tell that it's from a distance, but it's all dark at the same time. As far as I could see, and I thought to myself, I said, those has to be, this has to be where, that must be where the pits are. But it was so far, as far as my eyes could see, to me the only way I can think about it, it was, it was the most barren land you have ever seen. It was like a place that a nuclear bomb had exploded and it was abandoned, nothing could grow. It was just soil and rocky, but it was such a dead place. The only way I can think about it, it was a dead place where you could plant nothing, you can find no water. It was just death. It was just death. The only way I could, the only way I can explain it to you, it was just death. It was complete dryness. Uh, let, let me show you a verse. Let me show you a verse, then you'll understand what I'm saying. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Matthew 12, 43. Matthew chapter 12, verse 43. YouTube, I want you to hit those thumbs up as much as you can. Facebook, I want you to hit those thumbs up as much as you can. Uh, Laurie P. Adam said, Valley of Dry Bones. Trust me, this, the, that one was good. <laughs> this was not a valley. This was just death. Matthew 10. No, Matthew 12, 43. Matthew 12, 43, uh-huh. Okay. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, uh -huh. he walketh through dry places. Ah, he walketh through dry places, uh -huh. seeking rest and findeth none. Why does he not find rest? Because it's a place of death. There is nothing no there. No rest, there's no rest. No rest for the weary. <laughs> when a demon is cast out, when an evil spirit is cast out, they are sent to this location, which are called dry places. <laughs> Not deserts, dry, dry places. places. Wow. Oh, somebody, wow. I wish you could hear me. Yeah. I... This place is so dead, it's so dry, there is no sense. You can't even think there is life in sight. Jesus. And in that place, there is no rest. Why is there no rest? Because in hell, there is no rest. There is no rest. I was in this place. The dry places you read in Matthew, <laughs> in Matthew 12, is it 12 what? 10? 43. Uh, 12, 12, 12.43. Read it one more time. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, uh -huh. he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and findeth none. Now, if you read in the Gospels, you find that uh, when the Lord Jesus arrived in a certain town, 
the demons begged Jesus not to send them to the pit, not to send them to dry places, but mm. to allow them to enter into the pigs. And when those spirits entered into the pigs, they ran into the water. They didn't want to go to dry places. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, children of God, this is a bad place. And it is a real place. This is a real place. I remember thinking to myself saying, wow. Who would go to, why would people go to this place? If demons don't want to go to dry places, if demons, demons know they cannot find rest. Hmm? Wow. You see that it's talking about hell because there is no rest there. Torment 24-7. This place, there was no fire. I'm just telling you what I saw, but there is torment. The angel holding my hand, we descended, we descended, we descended, and got to the ground. And I don't know why, but it's like God had pity on me. God had pity on me and God had mercy on me because I knew it was hot, very, very hot. But God did not allow me to burn or to feel it. I'm not saying there was a fire. I just knew it was extremely hot. But I did not feel it physically on my body. I knew that it was very, very difficult for people to breathe. I knew it was very, very, very difficult for people to breathe. But I was allowed to breathe without any issue. But I knew I could tell these things the same way that I prophesy. You know how when you're prophesying, you could, you, I don't know if those who know, apart from seeing visions, hearing the voice of God, there are things you know deep within your know without knowing how you know, but you know that you know, without knowing how you know, but you know. I just knew these things to be factual. Mm-hmm. I didn't even bother to ask the angel of the Lord. They are just truths that I knew. And I saw the evil spirit that was on the ground. And he was still on the ground. It seemed like there was a force holding him to his back, his back to the ground. So he couldn't get up. He was held down. And as the angel of the Lord stood with me, I was allowed to observe while the spirit was on the floor. 
laying on his back. The angel of the Lord was with me. I was allowed to observe. Children of God, I saw mountains. I saw caves. And these caves appeared to look like dungeon prisons. That's the only way I can describe. I'm just explaining to you what I saw. I saw prison cells in hell. I saw prison cells in hell. But these prisons were carved out in caves within mountains. Mm. Okay, he's about to go into another um, part. I'm going to stop this. He can go on to the next episode because now he's about to explain the different areas within the realm of hell. As you heard, there are um, dry places. It's not actually a fire. They have uh, ability. You'll have ability to see in the horizons uh, flame-like visual, which is the pit, as he described. But it was far from him, so he really couldn't reach for it. But he can see it. And Prophet Lovett also stated that you can feel the heat, but you didn't see no fire. He said you can feel the heat, but God showed mercy on him because the angels brought him down into the different realms. Um, if you ever, I don't know if you guys ever had a chance to uh, watch uh, Dante's Inferno. Well, they have a YouTube, let me see if I can find it, YouTube, a little mini movie where it's a cartoon, but literally, I forgot who wrote this, but it's Dante's Inferno where it's nine different realms of hell. <laughs> and that's why they say the state that God's find you in, when you depart from this earth, either in heavenly realm or in the, or you go into the hellish realm, that's the state that you're going to be in for eternity. And so, as you heard earlier, I believe in part one, this part two, Prophet Lovett was explaining the torment. You know, we hear a lot of people say, oh, we're going to party when we get to hell. No, you're not. <laughs> you are not. <laughs> Sorry, you are not. And I believe this, the next episode you're going to hear a little more clarity on the different uh, sessions in hell and how some are caged. You have some in boxes. It's just going to be different. And then just a scenario that he's sharing what God allowed him to see. Okay? So I was just trying to explain in case anybody have any like, okay, so what is all this? You might have to listen to it again. Get your Bible and then ask the Holy Spirit to give you some revelation on it. You know, in the midst of everything that we're doing through our natural life here in the earth. And we have to. Whatever you're doing in earth, it's going to position you for the afterlife. And there is an afterlife. All right? 
truth be told, there is an afterlife. Don't get caught up on the wrong side in the afterlife because there will be torment. As you heard, dry places. The demons don't even want to go to the dry places because they know it's torment. So why would you want to go to a place that was not even created for you in the beginning? That hellish place was not created for humans. It was created for the devil and his fallen demons. Well, fallen angels that became demons. All right? Okay, God bless. Uh, Enjoy the next episode. I remember seeing mountains, huge mountains, small mountains. I remember seeing hills. I saw, I saw land, but it was just dead. I'm not saying there, there was not even a sign of a plant. I could just see rocky. It was like, you know, maybe a volcano. I don't know how to, it's like either a bomb went through. The, I just don't know. It was just dry, dead, dead with no life, extra, extra dead. And I looked and I observed and I thought to myself, this is crazy. There are prisons in hell. I thought hell only had pits that people are burning in a fire and a demon is stabbing them. No. Look, somebody found a verse. Isaiah 24, 22. Uh, Alvin, <laughs> I even have another verse that I'm going to show, but I like this one. Isaiah, uh, go back. What was it? 24, 22. Uh-huh. Isaiah 24, 22. Mm-hmm. And they shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit. It shall be shut up in the prison, and after many days shall they be visited. <laughs> I'll give even a deeper one than that. But that one is good. I saw prison cells curved in mountains. Jesus. These were caves that were prisons. You know how we have prisons on earth that are next to each other? Mm-hmm. These were like that too. A, a gate here, a bars, a, a wall, another cave with bars like that it was like that and uh, as I saw this the angel of the Lord walked towards the demonic force that was on the ground and as he moved close to him I don't know what exactly the angel did but it was like chains the only way, I, I, I'm not even sure they are chains, but the only way I can describe them is like chains. The only way I can say is chains. It was some rope kind of thing. I saw, I saw these chains wrap around this being so fast like this. It was like... And it had like... A, the glow on the chains... It looked like it had like uh, some kind of the same similar light that went out of the Lord's hand. Mm -hmm. It seemed to be flowing through that rope kind of chain kind of thing that was wrapping that demonic thing. It seemed to glow with some sort of power 
that nobody could break those chains even if they wanted to. It did not matter how strong you were. These are just things that I knew by looking at what I was looking at. And this demonic force was bound like this. He looked like a... He was bound like this. Like this, like from, from... It was like it went round his feet going to his hands around it. It was like a burrito like this from his feet all the way up. I, I don't know if people can, I know you can't see my feet, but from the feet going all the way up to his neck, he was tied up. And it seemed like he was so, he was so powerless because of what wrapped around him. That it did not matter how powerful somebody was. You could not take it off, you could not break it, you could not do anything. And the angel of the Lord stood there and he, and he waved his hand. And one of the caves sucked in that deep, it was like, you know how you do vacuum and you're like uh, vacuuming the ground without like having the vacuum head. It's just yeah. the hole. You know, it goes and it just pulls. It was like, at this point, I did not notice the bars. You know, the bars in front of the cages, mm -hmm. they were all just caves. To me, they looked like caves. I, I, I went a little ahead by explaining to you that they were prisons. But at this point, I did not know that they were prisons. I just saw them to be like caves. But there were not caves where you don't know the end. You could see the, the wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, you see the curving, but you can see the wall behind. And it was like a vacuum that sucked this demonic force. It was like, it just pulled him in. And he was pulled in. He had no power to resist. He had no power to fight. And he was pulled in. And when he was pulled in, Still in those chains, those chains never came out. The dungeon, it was like, when it was pulled in, the, it was like uh, these bars, they just went like this, and locked. I did not see like a, a lock, you know how on earthly ones you can, like, yeah. it seemed like something else was controlling those bars, that when the bars went through like that, it seemed to be not a bar that you could open, even if you wanted to break that 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 uh, that that barrier, you couldn't. And the same light that I saw that went through the chain-like thing that was tying that demonic force, by the wave of the hand of the of the angel, I saw it go around the 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 and. It, and it was like the caves looked like sick. It was like the doors were like an arch, you know? Like, it was like this. It was like the, the same light went through the arch and also through the bars. And I knew that no one can open these bars even if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. It did not matter if somebody came from outside trying to open it or the person inside, if they managed to come out of those chains that they can't come out of may be able to open it was in all these things i was i'm telling you it was impossible for this to happen i want you to keep sharing this and share this as many times as you can
I want you to share this as many times as you can. I want to share this as many times as you can. And as much as you can on YouTube, I want all those thumbs up. Those on Facebook, I want more thumbs up as many times. And I want you to share this as many times as possible. Share this as many times as you can. 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 I want you to share this as many times as you can. I want you to share this as many times as you can. <clears throat> YouTube, we are almost at 700. Please share this. If you haven't subscribed to my channel, subscribe as much as you can. Even those who are on, on Facebook, uh, uh, after the live stream, go on YouTube and subscribe uh, on YouTube also. And if you're, on face, if you're on YouTube, you haven't subscribed to my Facebook, please subscribe, turn the notification on so whenever I am on, you can know that I am on. I have never shared this experience in this detail, and I'm not even done. I'm going to tell you even more things. And by the grace of God, I hope that this will help you to understand where you stand with God and so that we know how to move forward. If you're ready for me to continue, just type I am ready and, and I will continue. On YouTube, share this as many times as you can. Let's get as many people involved as possible. Also on Facebook, as many people as we can as possible. Now listen to me carefully. Listen to me carefully. The angel of the Lord told me this. The Lord has given you the ability. If anybody who knows my ministry, you know that I have a very, very strong, not only prophetic, but a very strong deliverance mantle, a very, very powerful deliverance mantle on me. That if somebody has a demonic spirit, you can't even be around me you will manifest. The Lord spoke to me. He told me this is what will happen when you pray for those who are bound. I was allowed to see and I realized that there were many other spirits and also human beings <laughs> in some of these prisons. It was not just demonic forces. It was not just demonic forces. I also saw human souls in these cages or prison cells. And then the angel of the Lord grabbed my hand. We began to ascend again. 
and we ascended, we ascended until the portal to this world opened and I was brought back in the room. I entered my body again. I was in the same position praying. And I sat down and I thought to myself, what horrors await those who walk away from the Lord? I want you to go to Jonah, the book of Jonah. Mm -hmm. The book of Jonah, chapter 2. A lot of believers that have read the book of Jonah don't understand that Jonah died when he was thrown into the water. When he was traveling on the boat and he was running from the purpose and the will of God. When he was thrown into the sea, into the depth of the sea, Jonah actually died. He sunk. And by sinking, that is where the whale actually came and swallowed his body. But Jonah died. And he's going to say some of the things that I saw. In my experience, I went to the same place that Jonah went to. The only difference was Jonah was put in one of those prisons. I wasn't. <laughs> Are you there, son? Mm -hmm. Read it. Jonah chapter 2. Mm -hmm. Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. This is the prayer that Jonah is making out of the fish's belly. Uh -huh. And said, uh -huh. I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, uh -huh. and he heard me. Mm -hmm. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. Notice that. He said, I cried by reason of my affliction, and the Lord heard me. I cried to God from the belly of hell, and the Lord heard me. Where I was, was the belly of hell. Mm. The core of hell. He said, I cried to the Lord from this location. And the Lord actually heard me. Now, somebody who was not in hell will not say, I cried from hell. I don't think people are listening to me. Somebody who was not in hell will not say, I cried from hell. He is identifying where he began to pray. Keep reading, watch this. For thou hast cast me into the deep, uh -huh. in the midst of the seas, uh -huh. and the floods campus me about. Uh -huh. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Notice he's saying that he was covered, he was, he was thrown into the sea. He drowned waves and water was passing over him. Keep going. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, mm -hmm. yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. Uh -huh. Verse 5, uh -huh. the waters compassed me about even to the soul. Mm -hmm. The depth closed me no, round about. No, 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 read, read, read it again. And the waves, what? The waters compassed me about even to the soul. 
He's saying he, <laughs> he's saying he drowned. He's saying the water surrounded him and filled him up to, the, to, to his soul. The man drowned. But how is he conscious? Because you have something more than your body. Mm. Keep going. The depth closed me round about. Uh -huh. The weeds were wrapped about my head. Do you know how deep you have to be in the depth of the sea for weeds to for you to see seaweed? When he's talking about the 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 the, the uh, he's talking about the belly of hell. There are places, there are other translations that says realm of the dead. Other translations says the pit. Uh, some translations say Hades. It says different names, but it's all the same place. You have to be very, very deep in the sea. For weeds to wrap your head in the deep sea. This man drowned. It's miles and miles, miles going down for you to get to a place where there's seaweed in the sea. Keep reading, watch this. Verse 6. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. Uh -huh. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Uh, 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 I went to where? The bottoms of the mountains. Son, Facebook. Uh, keep going, say it again. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. So he saw mountains also. Uh -huh. And then what did he say? The earth with her bars was about me forever. The earth and her bars. He saw bars. He saw bars. <laughs> he saw bars. Keep reading, watch this, it gets even more interesting. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Mm -hmm. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption. Oh now, Lord that that word corruption again is the land of the dead. Keep going. Uh -huh. Keep going. Yet thou brought up my life from corruption, mm -hmm. O oh Lord my God. Mm -hmm. Verse 7. Mm -hmm. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. You see the same thing that happened to me. When I went to, when I was taken to outer darkness, it was like I forgot I was a Christian. Then all of a sudden, a remembrance of God came. Do you see the same thing that is happening to you? It's like all of a sudden it came to him and he remembered. Uh, read, look at this. And my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. Start again that verse. Verse 7. Mm -hmm. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. I remembered the Lord. Uh -huh. And my prayer came in unto thee, uh -huh. into thine holy temple. Uh -huh. Verse 8. Uh -huh. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Mm -hmm. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. Uh -huh. I will pay that. I will pay that that I have vowed. Uh -huh. Salvation is of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Verse 10. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Stop right there. In short, I'm just telling you what I saw is what I'm, I'm it's the same experience Jonah had. The difference is me, I, I, didn't, I wasn't put in the cage. 
I wasn't tormented. The only torment I experienced was in outer darkness. And the torment was more psychological. My thought again was, my son, my family will never know where I am. I am lost forever. This was the torment that was going through my mind. And I cried. It was like I remembered God and I cried to God and I was pulled out. But when I was taken to this part, the belly of hell, when I saw this place, it was not because I was being tormented. This time I was really accompanied and I was shown things that I needed to see. That was tied into what God has called me to do. And the Lord Jesus brought me back by his angel. Let me tell you something, children of God. Again, I will say this with everything in me, and I want you to understand me the best way you can. Hell, speaking about hell, for us believers, is to strengthen our zeal, number one, towards God, to love God more, because we have the full comprehension of what Jesus came to save us from. Number two, is to give us passion to rescue souls to preach the gospel, to support the gospel with everything that we can, to make sure as many people are saved so that they don't experience this horrific place that we know. But hell should never be preached to the world as the gospel because hell, the message of hell is not the gospel. The message of hell is not the gospel. The word gospel is good news. In fact, it is in the details. The word gospel is good news. You will never win souls by telling them how horrible hell is. Because hell, uh, because heaven is for people that love God. Heaven is not for people who are afraid of hell. People who don't want to be in the fire. Because somebody who is escaping hell but doesn't love God, is not going to enter heaven because heaven is for those who love God. This is why when you're preaching the gospel, you need to present the love of God to the world. The Bible says that the goodness of God brings men to repentance. No one will repent to God genuinely, truthfully, if they are doing it because they are afraid of burning for eternity. They will only repent genuinely if they understand the love of God that has redeemed them. I am not saying you cannot mention hell. But you preaching hell will not save anyone. It is only the love and the goodness of God that brings people to repent and to know that Jesus loves them. He has done so much for them. Their life is empty apart from him. And there is a place that they can go to that is not good. That is why Jesus came. It should we should present the love of God versus the torment. Because heaven is for those who love God. 
If you want to make people, scare people into heaven, it will never work because heaven is for those who love God. Not those who are afraid of torment. Mm. Think about it. Would you want somebody to be in your house who pretends to love you, but doesn't really care for you? They are just escaping some danger, but they will be in your house because it will keep them safe, not because they actually love you. God cannot be deceived, children of God. It does not work that way. It does not work that way. Can Christians end up in hell? Is the big question. People always talk about this. Can a Christian go to hell? Or what people like to say, can a Christian lose their salvation? Is the question. If you're here, I, I want you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer some questions that are general. And I will tell you how to avoid this place. The number one question, can Christians go to hell? Can a Christian end up in hell? Mm -hmm. Can a Christian lose their salvation? <laughs> Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Yes, they can. A Christian can definitely end up in hell. A hundred million percent. And I'll prove it to you by scripture. I'll prove it to you in scripture. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can a Christian end up in hell? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to find some scriptures for you so that you know what I'm telling you is not just being uh, spoken just to speak, but it is true. First John chapter 3. First John chapter three verse six. Start from uh, start from verse five to six. Okay. First John three five to six. 
and ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Mm -hmm. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Mm -hmm. Whosoever sinneth had not seen him, neither known him. Read it one more time. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. One more time. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Romans chapter 6 verse 1 to 2. Romans 6, verse 1 to 2. Mm -hmm. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin mm -hmm. that grace may abound? Mm -hmm. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? So in reality, do we all sin? Absolutely. Do we all make mistakes? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But the Bible says, do not make your abode in sin. Making mistakes. I, I put a post yesterday on, uh, on Instagram earlier. And I said that no one is beyond mistakes. Mm -hmm. No one is beyond sinning. I can fall, you can fall, we can all mess up. The God's problem is if we abide in sin. When we make our dwelling in sin, God has a problem. Is God perfecting us? Yes. Is God building us? Yes. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Yes. Mm -hmm. God's issue is that when we abide in sin, then we have become sinners. An example is, those who live in America are called what? Americans. Americans. <laughs> those who live in uh, Zimbabwe, what are they called? Zimbabweans. Those who live in South Africa are called what? South, South Africans. Africans. Those who live in sin are called what? Sinners. Sin. When you become a citizen of a land called sin, even if you're a Christian, you're going to hell. Because it means you don't have the revelation of the Lord Jesus. Wow. And that Jesus is not living in you. Because you are comfortable dwelling in the land called sin. Are there certain things that we struggle with that are difficult to stop? Absolutely. You have your share, I have my share. What matters to God is who is reaching out for help to Him and who is okay to continue what they are doing. That determines 
if you are a sinner or you are just making mistakes. Just because you visited America doesn't mean you're an American. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That's good. God's issue is not sin. God's issue is that you remain in that place called sin. Remember, God commended his love towards us while we were still yet sinners. So God began to love us while we were still yet sinners, and he provided a way out for us. Mm -hmm. Whenever you make a mistake, the grace of God increases to be a cushion that will launch you back into the hands of God. But when we frustrate the grace of God, the grace will be removed and you will become a citizen of sin. And if death finds you, you will end up in hell. When you legalize or normalize sin, it becomes a problem. Will you make mistakes? Absolutely. Did David make mistakes? Absolutely. Have I made mistakes? Absolutely. The issue with God is do we remain in that place of normalizing it, legalizing it, or do we seek him to help us out of that place? If you try to solve sin by yourself, it's called pride, and pride will take you to hell. I'll say that one more time. If you try to solve the sin problem by your own strength, that is called pride, and pride will end you up in hell. Mm -hmm. Weakness gives God room to work in us. And the Bible says, him that is forgiven much loves much. So we grow to love God because of the errors that we go through in life. Not because we ad abide in the place called error. But because we have grown beyond that place. That is what God wants. God wants us to move forward. God doesn't want us to fall backwards. He wants us to fall forward. Did everybody get that? Mm -hmm. Number two. Number two, uh, Nadia, I will answer your question. Could you uh, remember that question because I will answer it. I will answer it. Number two, can people repent in hell? This is a question people ask all the time. But I will give you an answer in greater detail than I've ever heard anybody give, in my opinion. There are people probably who will do it better, but I will tell you according to my revelation and what I saw. I can only tell you what I know. Mm 
You know, the problem with Christians is if they hear somebody had an experience, they'll say, I had the experience too, and what they said is not true. No, 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 it's not about that. Do you, are you the mayor of, of hell to walk around everywhere in hell to know everything in hell? Mm -hmm. I have been to heaven many, many times. There are things that I've seen in heaven that are similar to people close to me that have been to heaven, and there are things that they have never seen either. Yeah. These are big places. They are not small places. Think about it like this. From the time of Noah to now, people have been going to hell. Do you understand how big hell has to be to accommodate all those people? Hell is more crowded than the earth. <laughs> I wish somebody would understand. So I always see people say, yeah, I've been to hell. It looks like this. I calm down. Some of you think you, you are you are elected governor of hell or something to know every division. <laughs> Can people in hell pray? Yes, people in hell do pray. They do cry to God. But will their prayer be answered? No. People do pray in hell. And God is in hell too. I know some, somebody is shocked me saying that. God is in hell also. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. God is in hell too, 100%. They pray because they know God is there. They are aware of God's presence, not in the same way that we are, in the sense that you feel the Holy Ghost moving over you. No. Mm -hmm. They know God is there. They can tell that God is in that place. But they also know that they are separated from him. And the reality is they cannot genuinely repent. They can't. Because they have become the embodiment of the sin. Does somebody understand what I, I'm saying? Yes. When you go to hell, you become that sin. This is why in hell people are put according to the kinds of sins that they have done. Murderers are together. Fornicators are together. Thieves are together. Wizards and witches are together. All these people are put according to what they did. Because you become the embodiment of the sin. So sin cannot repent. Because the ability to repent is removed from them. They can say, I am sorry, Lord. But changing is impossible because they have become that sin. Does that make sense? Yeah. Stealing cannot stop. A person can stop stealing. <laughs> but the stealing itself cannot change. Wow. So when you become the embodiment of stealing, you have become now, stealing has become you and you've become stealing. You can't change. Try. 
If you become a murderer, let me tell you something funny. Can I tell you something funny? Uh -huh. yes, murderers who killed people on earth, they keep killing each other in their torment. What? Try. Yeah. They keep killing each other. And they keep coming. They are not dying, but the pain of killing each other is happening. They are actually hoping they can die, but they can't. Those people that uh, practiced uh, sorcery where they ate human flesh, drunk human blood, and things like that, they actually, their torment is they eat themselves. <laughs> they eat themselves, swallow, the meat appears again, they eat them. There is a torment beyond the physical one that they are going through. That like in the places that I saw, there was no fire. But these people seemed to be burning, they seemed to be, it was very strange. Jesus. Those who masturbate, <laughs> you do the same thing non-stop with pain and all that and demons tormenting you with the, with, the, with the fires or whatever it may be. Those things that you, you become the embodiment of that thing. Jesus. Demons will rape you. It's just, it's just demonic. It's very wicked. Wow. 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 Number three. You become your saint, Jesus. Are there children in hell? Are there children in hell? Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me see that. Somebody says, you look too cool for someone that has been to hell. I think you would look more humble and how you dress because a lot of people in hell are for fashion and vanity. You've never been to hell, and that is the most foolish thing. So God sends people to hell because of their fashion. Jesus was dressed in the most expensive robe. He dressed in a priestly robe, not a priestly, a kingly robe. So Jesus also will be sent to hell. David, uh, the Bible says that Je Jesus actually said this. He said, don't uh, worry about what you're going to dress in. Even Solomon, with all his glory, he was not dressed like the lilies of the field. So we know Solomon dressed very, very well. This is the problem of people. This is the problem with religious people. Who told you that dressing nice means that you're, you're not humble? That is the problem of lacking discernment. How can somebody look, say that they're not humble? Then you would have not liked King James, uh, King, King, King David. You would have never liked King David. You would have never liked Job. You would have never liked uh, Abraham. So how's looking cool uh, not being humble? That is foolishness. 
uh, it's, it's just crazy. I just answered that to just show people that they are my, it's childish. If you think God is worried about how you're dressed, you're foolish. Do you know what people dress in heaven? The Bible says that, uh, the Bible says that Jesus is wearing a golden belt. So if I'm, <laughs> there are angels that are wearing golden belts. There are people who are wearing golden shoes in heaven. <laughs> Walking on gold streets. Walking on gold streets. Then they must be very prideful. <laughs> there are people who are wearing gold trims. There are a lot of poor people in hell. <laughs> Guys, humility. Don't try to speak for God things that are not biblical. You'll find that what you said will get you to hell. Cavarino, Ca Ca Severio said, uh, why do some preachers say there is no demons in hell? Because they are foolish. They are demons in hell. And I will explain to you why demons are in hell. I'm going to answer this, this one first. Are there children in hell? Absolutely not. Why aren't there children in hell? Because whoever has entered into the age of accountability is no longer a child. Did that make sense? If you enter the age of accountability, you're no longer a child. What that looks like is case to case. What that looks like is case to case. What that looks like is case to case. There is a place I was taken to heaven and I saw babies in heaven. Aborted babies, I saw them in heaven. Uh, babies that died prematurely, I saw them in heaven. Children that died while they were still young children, I saw them in heaven. The age of accountability cannot be 12. Because every child develops differently. That's why I'm saying it's case to case. So the age of accountability is the period in which somebody becomes aware and accountable before God. It is different for everybody. So what you expect it to be Are you getting what I'm saying? So because you have to remember why is it the age of accountability? Let me explain to you how God measures accountability. Allow me to help you to understand this. You can never be accountable for a revelation that God did not give you. 
God's accountability is not man's accountability. God measures you by the truths that you know. That is what you'll be accountable for when you enter the age of accountability. God cannot just wake up and say, now you're accountable, you're going to hell. No, it's not happening like that, and it doesn't work like that. That is why the Bible says, teachers of the gospel, you are more prone to go to hell because you know too much. Whoa. Does it not say that? Yes. It says, you who preach, we need to be more careful because we are prone to go there even more. Why? Because we know so much. Mm -hmm. So it means that the way God would send me if I messed up in his presence that I, ended, that I end up in hell would be different from you. Why? Because the knowledge and the revelation that I've been given and the grace I've been given to walk in that truth is different from you. So a person, when God, God will only condemn somebody that God gave you a revelation of something. God gave you a, a revelation of something, gave you the grace to walk within it, and then you reject it. You see, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed because they refused to repent. It means that God gave them the message, God gave them the grace, and they resisted. So, uh, hold on. Uh, what did that person say? Okay, uh, let, let me, okay, can you read that for me? Let me show you how people are foolish. Okay, read this. If God doesn't care how we dress, uh -huh. then can I wear thongs and miniskirts and bra publicly? And uh -huh. by the way, you're not in heaven to wear a golden dot like angels. You're lower than the angels. You're, you're, you're lying. You're First of all, you read that scripture wrong. The Bible says, who is man that you have made him lower than the angels? The word angel there is Elohim. You have made him lower than God himself. You don't even know the Bible because angels are actually under you. You are above angels. That is correction number one. Number two, this is the second thing here. If I was going to wear clothes, an example is, let's go to the Amazon. The Amazons don't have the clothes you have. They just cover their private part and the women walk without covering their chest. Are they evil in the sight of God? Adam and Eve were naked. Were they evil in the sight of God? You see, sin is your mental consciousness. That is where sin begins. You are a sinner because you already wear miniskirts to be promiscuous. You, 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 you put miniskirts, you, you think of miniskirts and being promiscuous at the same time. So immediately you become a sinner. An example, do you go to the beach wearing robes? Why don't you go to the beach wearing ro a, a robe all the way covering your feet? Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Why don't you wear robes covering your head to your feet when you go to the beach? Because at the beach, it is okay to wear your bikini or whatever when you're going to swim. But if you dress like that in church, it either is because you don't know any better or you don't understand that you dress according to the location that you are in. It's very basic things. 
some of you, 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 you are too you are, you are holier than the Holy Spirit. So David was a sinner because he wore gold and he was on earth. That is why some of you, you, you are in poverty because you don't understand that God came to prosper you. Okay, it says, and at the beach it's not okay to, to, to wear a bikini. You are... Okay, tell me where in the Bible it says you should not wear a bikini at the beach. <laughs> they won't find a verse. This is their own gospel. You see, the problem with people is this. When you have your conviction, you see, when in your mind is because you have, you have a perverted mind that anyone who wears short clothes, they are trying to be promiscuous. You are reflecting yourself on people. Please keep your sins to yourself. <laughs> you are projecting on people. When people mature, there are things that you will do as a child. There are things that you will do as a grown-up. There are things that you will not do. Foolishness is the it, assumption is the mother of all stupidity. Show me one verse that says you should not dress like this going to the beach. If you show me that verse, I will stop life. I will never preach again. Foolish person. Completely foolish. That is the problem with Christians. Do you understand that Paul said it like this? Paul said, Paul said it like this. He said, don't put your doctrines on people because by doing so, you will become a stumbling block before them. An example is this. An example is this. Let me give you a basic example. The things that I know and the principles that God gave me to live as a prophet, I cannot put it on you because if I put that on you, I immediately put you in sin. You will never be able to live up to it because you have not been given the grace for it and it will not benefit you anyway. So there are people who are such sinners that God delivered them maybe from sin, but that mentality is still in their head that they project whatever they want on people. It doesn't work like that. Uh, children of God. That is the complete uh, pinnacle of foolishness. When you try to impose what you believe in without the backing of scripture or revelation to make people go uh, thinking that people are living right. Instead of worrying about people's hearts, don't you understand that when people mature, there are certain things there will be no use for it anymore. is wearing a bikini modest and holy. Okay, how does dressing holy is? Tell me a scripture that says how to dress holy. If you don't have scriptures for what you're saying, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Sound Doctrine, uh, get verses. If you don't have verses, please get out of our live stream. Go teach your gospel somewhere else. You are a foolish person. You are very foolish and you need to repent before God. You, you are the people that are making people not want Jesus. If you want people to change, give them Jesus. And God will convict their hearts. There are things they will not do anymore. They will stop it. Naturally. Naturally, yeah. You, you are a foolish person, go and repent. May God deliver you from foolishness. So, the age of accountability is case to case. An example, if a child is born with autism, their understanding and their maturing rate is different. Even people who don't have autism, they're just growing. 
people's understanding and learning is different. So people grow at different rates. So you cannot just take one case and say, this is how everybody it is. It doesn't work like that. God deals with us individually and personally. Number four. What was the other, let me, let me answer the questions that uh, Nadia asked and then I'll tell you things that you need to watch out for so you don't go to this place. Glory be to the Lord Jesus. The first thing that she asked was, Papa, if the road is narrow and few will find it, mm -hmm. then how come so many people who do terrible things on earth and are in heaven in eternity? What is the measure of judgment that the Lord uses? The road, the, the, it's a figure of speech saying the road is narrow. It means that it's a straight shot. It's so narrow that you cannot skip out of it. It's not in the sense that it is difficult to get into it. That is not the point of it. Actually, the road to heaven is very wide because it's the road governed by grace. So it is the love and the mercy of God that puts people on that road. No one by their own perfection or strength can make it. Not me or you. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Uh -huh. Another question. She asked another question. And, yeah. and then I'll answer that. And then I'll tell you things to watch out for. She said, uh, um, mm. in the context of uh, people being in hell and being tormented, yeah. why would God allow that? Wouldn't he want to eventually destroy them, being that they're, they become the embodiment of sin? Say it one more time. According to the context of people becoming the embodiment of sin and hell, uh -huh. why would God allow that? Wouldn't he want to eventually destroy them? No, because you see, number one, hell was not created for human beings. Hell was created for the devil. The one who torments people in hell is not actually God. Wow. It is demons that live in that place and they find human beings that are in the image of God. So they take out their revenge on you. That is what is happening there. It is, it was never, God never intended any human being uh, to go into hell. So it was never God's plan. It was never God's choice. But because human beings are disobedient and you reap what you sow, that's why people end up in hell. I hope that answered it. So it's not because God wants it. Just like God didn't want Adam and Eve to die or to face death. It's the same thing. You reap what you sow. You know, and for God to be a just judge, it means that you have to, you have to reap what you sow. It's, it's really that simple. So you have to reap what you sow. So that's, that's really how it goes. You cannot be, do something and you don't serve the punishment of it. That will make God an unfair God. If he's a loving God, it means, and he has perfect love, it means everybody has to reap what they sow. That's good, Papa. Okay. Is there another? Somebody asked, that's a Ruth Shabaya asked a very good question. Can you read that to me? Kindly answer this. How about those that commit suicide due to depression, which is a form of demonic oppression? Okay, I'll tell you something about killing yourself.
killing yourself is not good. Killing yourself is bad. But not everyone who has killed themselves end up in hell. There is no guarantee that if you kill yourself, you end up in hell, in heaven. <laughs> there are people who, they are so tormented, they don't know left from right. That a demon is controlling them to that level. And there are people who just, they can't handle life and they kill themselves. All these things are case to case. In my opinion, if somebody feels like killing themselves, uh, contact us or call the, the hotlines for Suicide Watch and find help. There is no guarantee that if you kill yourself, you will end up in heaven. There is a man in the book of Judges that killed himself. And we know that man to be in heaven. <laughs> but is everybody who kills themselves going to heaven? Absolutely not. Jesus technically laid down his life. <laughs> is somebody getting what I'm saying? Who am I talking about in the book of Judges? I'm talking about Samson. When Samson's eyes went blind, and he was told the young boy to lead him to the pillars of the temple. Mm -hmm. He said, Lord, give me my strength so that I may die with my enemies. So he did kill himself. He killed the enemies of God in the process also killing himself. Because he could not kill them without killing himself. We know Samson is in heaven. You get what I'm saying? But am I saying go and kill yourself? No, there is no guarantee. You're most likely going to end up in hell. So me sitting here and telling you, oh, kidding yourself, you're going to hell, I'll be a liar. Killing yourself is wrong. You are most likely going to end up in hell. So if you feel like killing yourself, reach out to us. I think uh, when we start, when we move to the new church building, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a hotline for that stuff where we can try and assist people and help people. Amen. Uh, because we don't want people to kill themselves. Life is for the living. If God has given you life, there is a purpose. The devil likes to rob people of their life so that you don't slay many demons and deliver a lot of people and bring a lot of people to God. So, hallelujah. So, we don't want people to kill themselves you're most likely going to end up in hell. Uh, anyone else? Any other good question before I speak? Uh, Somebody, Doug Taylor asked, what about Judas? Did he go to heaven? Absolutely, Judas is in heaven. Anyone who tells you they saw Judas in hell, they're lying. There's a verse in the Bible that actually tells you that. Keep going. Uh -huh. uh, Quinfina asked, Papa, is it, a good, is it good as a woman to dress not revealing or does it matter? If we're in a position of leadership, does it change how we should dress? Like, does God want us to dress more covered or not? These things are a matter of conviction. God doesn't like pretenders. 
I love wearing my cross. I love wearing my Armenian cross. I love wearing my Rolex. I love wearing my Cartier. If I hide this in order to preach to you, then I'm pretending, then I'm not being truthful. It means that my conscience is not clear. And if my conscience is not clear, then me wearing it, I am sinning. You get what I'm saying? So, everything is by conviction. As you grow, you will realize that ah, I don't need to do this. Like an example, when I started ministering, I used to dye my hair, remember? Mm -hmm. I'll dye my hair. I had long hair. There's a time my hair was up to here. And just with time, I was like, you know what? This is really, is, is really not necessary. I grew out of it. God will make you grow out of certain things. Because if you dress like this and then you are found in a private place dressed differently, then you look like a pretender. You're living two lives. Mm -hmm. So, let everything be by conviction and by revelation. Now, there are places I can go and I want to dress a certain way because I know those people have not matured to a specific place. So what will I do? I will minister to them according to where they are, but not because I am ashamed of my gold jewelry. No, because it's not a sin. But the moment I start thinking about it negatively, then I have sinned. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, is there anything else? Uh, someone else asked, is reincarnation real? No. Reincarnation is not real. And that doesn't have anything to do with the topic. Okay, I'm going to throw a question out there for people. If somebody has a spirit that is causing them to be a homosexual, or is causing them to be a murderer, but they resist that sin and they don't give in to it, are they going to go to hell? Don't you, people online are waiting for you. I'm waiting for you to answer. This is a question I'm throwing out there. No. And what do you mean? He said if it's a spirit. Yeah, or it is an urge in them. Let's not even remove even the spirit. Somebody, okay. Okay, I like what people are saying. I don't think so. It is true. If you resist the devil, God will give you grace. And eventually you'll come out of it. That's a very... I'm glad we have a lot of mature believers online. That is powerful. Their remedy is they need to look for deliverance. But if they resist it and they don't give in to it, they are fine. Because they are seducing spirits that will seduce you to do evil. But if you resist it, then you have not fallen into the sin. Mm -hmm. To be tempted is not a sin. To fall into the temptation is the sin. Mm -hmm. Even Jesus was tempted. Wow, I'm proud of you. You guys are very mature. I'm very, very proud of you. 
This is deep. I'm actually impressed. Let's keep moving those thumbs up, thumbs up and shares. Okay. What are the things that send people to hell? I want you to take pen and paper and write this or write it on your phone. Are you ready? Somebody asked, Papa, does grief exist in heaven? Not at all. You see, grief is because you don't have the revelation of the spiritual realm. When you enter the spiritual realm, you understand certain things that you cannot understand when you're in the flesh. I'll tell you about this when I went to heaven. There were things that I was taught and my ability to understand them was so great <laughs> that when I came back into this world, that ability left me. And there are things that I knew that I could not express here and there are things that I could not contain to bring back. Maria Avina said, Amen, no, resist, run to the Lord, pray to be filled with it. Listen, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and still be tempted. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and he was tempted. Crying to God for deliverance true. To be filled, you can be filled and still be tempted because the Holy Spirit does not take over your character. Oh, this is very important before I tell you the things that send people to hell. If you want to know you are in danger of hell, if you want to know you are in danger of hell, is when your conscious no longer speaks to you. Nadia asked something. Uh, what about gay men? Gay, uh, go, go there again. She said, what about gay men who are in homosexual relationships but really love Jesus? You can sin is sin. <laughs> if you are dwelling in sin, wow. it doesn't matter how much you love Jesus. You are showing him that you don't love him. Right. Mm -hmm. uh. See, Jesus said, those who keep my word and do it are the ones that love me. So it doesn't matter how much affection I claim for Jesus, but if I don't live according to what he said, then I don't love him. It's not truth. It's false. Let me give you a verse here that will help somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 2. 
First Timothy four verse two. Start from verse one to two. First Timothy four from verse one to mm. two. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly mm -hmm. that in the latter times sh some shall depart from the faith, mm -hmm. giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devil, mm -hmm. of devils, mm -hmm. speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Verse two again. Speaking lies in hypocrisy and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. When your conscience is like it is seared with a hot iron, whereby we mess up, but there is no nothing in us that is telling us, hey, this is bad, that we want to run to God and repent. Not condemnation, but accountability that what you're about to do or what you're doing is wrong. When that voice dies, you are in big danger of hell. It means you have acted in that act so much that you silenced your conscience, that your conscience has no ability to speak to you anymore. Because your conscience one day will, will accuse you before God. When you will say, Lord, but Lord, I, 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 did, I did not do it. The conscience will be, ah, Lord, I want it. You see, the conscience is a recorder that God put in us. Mm. It's like a camera and a recorder in us. It is the film that God plays before us when we are dying. He will flash our whole life before us. You will never deny what you are shown. You are recording your own sins yourself. There are angels that are recording what we do, and our conscience also records what we are doing. The voice of your conscience. If it goes off, you are now in big danger. There are so many people that their conscience no longer speaks. When we have done something over and over and over and over, where until that voice is so faint. It's not that the voice is not speaking, but we no longer can hear it. It is normal to do it. You are in big danger of hell. Before we finish today, I'm actually going to pray that the Lord will revive our conscience. Amen. Amen. And that the Lord will amplify the voice of our conscience. That when the voice of our conscience comes into play, we will have the fear, the spirit of the fear of God that we will not do what is wrong. Because if that voice dies, ah, we are in trouble. Another thing that puts you in danger of hell, and this is more with Christians, 
is this one. I'm about to read it to you. Hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mark chapter 3, verse 29 to 30. Mark chapter 3, verse 29 to 30. Mark 3, 29 to 30. Uh -huh. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness, mm -hmm. but is in danger of eternal damnation. Is in danger, meaning you are trespassing in places that you are going to go to hell. It is not saying you are immediately going to hell, but you're already in danger of hell. It means that whoever blasphemes the Holy Spirit consciously, you are in danger of hell. But how do you blaspheme the Holy Spirit? Read verse 30. Because they said he hath an unclean spirit. Jesus made this statement because they said he was using the power of Beelzebub, the prince of demons, to perform the miracles that he was performing. They said he was healing the sick by the power of the devil. They said he was healing the, he was healing the blind by the power of the devil. He was opening deaf ears by the power of the devil. He was prophesying by the power of the devil. The only way you blaspheme the Holy Spirit is when you criticize men of God that are anointed by God, you call them fake, while what they are doing is by the Spirit of God. You, criti you criticize them when what they are doing is by God. You are in danger of hell. I don't know if somebody heard what I said. Just because a man of God sins does not change who they are in the sight of God. The biggest mistake you can ever do or commit is I think because David sinned that David is no longer God's beloved. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it is the greatest danger you could ever put yourself into. Whenever the Holy Spirit is doing something, whenever the Holy Spirit is doing something, and you stand and say, that is not God. And maybe it is God that is doing that. You are entering into the place of blaspheming the Holy Spirit and you may never be forgiven. Mm. This is why when I see YouTubers or Facebook people who have dedicated pages on exposing or expose of this false man of God. 
You people are playing. I, I, I guarantee you, 99% of those people, they will be in the pit. I guarantee you, 99% of those people, you will find them in hell when wow. they die. I'll say it one more time. Can you shut this door, please? Yes, I guarantee you, Ninety-nine percent of those people, we will find them in hell. Never criticize a man of God. Never criticize a man of God. You will never understand the battles that we face. You will never understand the burdens that we carry. You will never understand the difficulties that we go through. If you love heaven, get out of the business of people that God has elected. Did you lock the door? Make sure you close this door. Is it closed all the way? No, this one here. This one here. Let people do their own thing. If you see them in mistakes, pray for them. If you see me in my mistakes, pray for me. We are being perfected daily. I can mess up, and I've messed up many times in my life in different ways. But I'll tell you this. Speak negatively. You'll find yourself in a bad place.